0: Welcome to Language and Culture with Dr. J. I am Dr. J. This is a podcast about language, culture, and identity, and how these affect all areas of work and life. My guests range from politicians to artists, scientists, educators, students. I conduct interviews in English, French, German, Hungarian, and Spanish. You are now listening to an episode in English. The podcast also includes two new segments. On the one hand, Dr. J's Soapbox, in which I briefly share with you thoughts that are just itching to be out there, and on the other hand, a segment called Kids Ask, in which children from around the world have the chance to ask my guests a question. The podcast is brought to you by Couturium.com, in affiliation with Quadel Books and Events. For more information about the podcast and about us, as well as for teaching resources and study guides to the episodes, please visit our website, www.cultureum.com. That's www.c-u-l-t-u-r-e-u-m.com. You can also find me on our social media channels with the handle or hashtag drjpodcast. So don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and updates. This episode is entitled A Restaurant with Conviction, and my guest today is Chef Sebastian Junge, who founded and owns Junge in Hamburg, Germany. Welcome, Sebastian. It's a true pleasure to be able to speak with you today. Thank you very much. Sebastian, could I ask you to introduce yourself? Who is Sebastian Junge? Where did you grow up? How did you come to be a chef? Your education and training in a nutshell.
1: My name is Sebastian Junge and as you said, I'm head chef and owner of restaurant Wolfs Junge here in Hamburg. I'm uh, 33 years old and grew up right near Hamburg, 20 kilometers outside and kind of the village place. So, very on the, really on the countryside, near the woods, a really, really nice place. And after I graduated school, I was for one and a half years at the Navy. And after this, I decided to become a chef. Actually, I decided it uh, way earlier. But um, yeah, after the Navy, I, I started the training for being a chef. And um, I took passion for it when I used to and do something like um, a, a school and holiday job during my um, school time. So I started working in kitchens when I was 15. My training shift, I started in um, the Fairmont Hotel in one of very, very traditional hotels in Hamburg. And it's one of leading hotels of the world. So really, really good, nice place to stay and obviously also to, to learn the job. I took some smaller stations and restaurants. I used to work a a year in Australia. I did a lot of volunteerships on organic farms and with fishermen and at butcheries and, and bakeries. And yeah, took really, really passion for good, sustainable, handmade food.
0: Okay, thank you. So tell me just a tiny bit more about working at the Vier Jahreszeiten, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not exactly the same thing as the Four Seasons. It's no, the, no, no. It's the Fioriarese, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. This one was like uh, founded in, oh, let me lie, I think, 1897. So it grew up to one of the really, really great Grand Hotels of Germany. Very um, classical and traditional house containing a two-star Michelin restaurant and several other outlets like where you can celebrate big parties, you have big banquets, you've got the breakfast service, you've got really everything covered in this hotel, which is really interesting and nice. And back then it was kind of rough and hard training shit, but it gave me good good skills. And I loved my time back then. And I think I finished like nine years ago. And it's funny when I tell it today, because 12 or 13 years ago, you were um, supposed to do half a year. What is it? Um, what is is practicum? Internship. Uh, internship, yeah. You have to or do traineeship. the... Uh, traineeship or internship, yeah. Yeah, you have to do the half year internship before you actually can start the, 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 the real training. So this just shows how able they were to choose the candidates. So they told you, okay, if you want to do your training ship here, you have to do this half year before, and then we start the whole thing. And nowadays can be pretty um, happy as as a hotel when you when you have anyone to apply for a job.
0: So let's talk, let's talk about your restaurants. First and foremost, where is the le- restaurant located and how can people contact you guys to make a reservation or if they have inquiries?
1: Oh, so yeah, our restaurant is located kind of in the center of Hamburg. Um you've got these two little lakes, the one is the bigger one, the Außenalzer, and we are um, located at the Außenalzer east of it. So um, kind of really in the center, you can reach us from the central station within a few minutes, but not in the really CBD in the buzzing center, but right next to it. People can reach us nowadays mainly about our homepage, which is www.wolfs-junge.de.
0: So that's W-O-L-F-S... Minus J-U-N-G-E, right? Just just, yeah, that's just right. make sure exactly. everybody can spell it. Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So otherwise you can of course you can find us with our restaurant name um, on Facebook and Instagram too.
0: Okay. So how did you come to start the restaurant? How did you even get the idea? How how did that come about?
1: So I was really passionate about the source of the produce and sustainability and the history of produce and who is producing the stuff we're eating. So in nearly all of my stations where I used to work, nobody was really able to tell me a story about it and to tell me anything about the produce. Just didn't, didn't matter, nothing. Even if it was a carrot, if it was a part of part of the beef, if it, if it was a dairy, if it was the eggs, nothing. So there was no story behind it and I was always a little bit annoyed of it and I was always fascinated what the story could be so yeah I decided if I want to continue doing this really rough job and doing all the hours and this bad payment like nearly every, everything speaks against it to do this job if, if you compare to, to, to different jobs like the people who graduated with me if I would compare this so I told myself I really want to do the things in my way And I really want to know the story behind the produce. I really want to make a difference. And I just wanted to tell also the guests the story about this produce. And I can't tell the the story behind it if I call for my vegetable, some guy in the middle of the night after evening service. And on the other side, there's someone on the telephone I don't even know. And he's telling me, yeah, 10 kilos of carrots and 20 kilos of potatoes and 25 of onions okay that's it next day you've got the produce and you don't know anything about it you don't know the guy who sold it you don't know who grew it who don't know who who imported it. you don't just don't know anything about it it just it's just so anonymous and i was always like really annoyed of this fact
0: so let's go into a little bit more detail so you actually bake your own sourdough bread you know where the flour comes from that you cook with you make your own sausages, you believe in using every single part of the animal that you cook with. Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit more about the underlying philosophy behind Wolfs Junge and, and sort of what actually regionality and seasonality, you've mentioned it as well, and it's on your website as well. What is regionality and seasonality to you? What exactly does that mean?
1: So this is really a mixture of different stories. So on the one hand, it's the skills you 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 learn in your training ship, it could be way better be way more, more basics taught and it could be could be really really better i don't know why but the the level is really low so i was always
0: what do you mean what is low
1: i'm um, like the school education level for chefs
0: oh okay okay
1: mm-hmm. so that we know it's really pretty 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 easy to finish this education in the end so and it's because of a lot of skills weren't needed anymore. So you don't nowadays you don't need in the restaurants to know how to process the whole animal. You no need to know to make your own sausage or to make your own bread because just nobody does it anymore. It's just un- uninteresting because you could order everything. And so it's not taught anymore in school, and there are less restaurants that do it. So it's pretty hard to learn the skills. That's what I did this internships and the voluntary internships all the time i was always were on the farms and with butchers and i always wanted to 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 go these further steps and i was i just i wanted to know what is containing in this food i serve so and i can only really tell my guests what's inside the bread or what's inside the sausage if i have done it on my own so if i bake my own sourdough bread i can tell the people oh it's containing flour from this and that farm and water and salt and that's it and we do it this and this way and if it's the sausage i could do the same so i was really fascinated of this of this idea to to make really everything on your own and to to be able to to answer all these questions yeah that's that's the thing what is about the skills and the other thing is kind of a political idea because i'm not really interested in supporting really really big companies and slaughterhouses and agricultural and industry and stuff i'm interested to support people that actually make living with a lot of family there on the farms and that are can tell me about um, about the soils and about the veggies and about about the animals they grow if i eat meat i really want to know who raised it and it's, Really, really ethical question, for example. I just couldn't order it with telephone with a guy I don't even know who, who it is. And then it comes from the other end of the world. Still animals we're talking about. And so this is kind of a political question for me as well. What kind of systems and what kind of agriculture I, I, I want to support? That's a fact a lot of people, a lot of chefs always forget. It's still with every um, decision you make, you you support agricultural system. And I choose to support really, really small agricultural organic farms.
0: I absolutely, I think that's, uh, this is one of my big topics as well. I completely support you 100%. So tell me a little bit more about this. We have a lot of listeners all over the world. Tell me what farms do you use specifically? How do you pick them? How do you pick your flower? the the thought process that goes into it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first of all, um, we are um, complete. uh, We were were using 100% organic food. So we in Germany, we need we need to do the certification. Then we are really um, controlled once a year that we are um, definitely only using organic ingredients. So that's one of the really big benchmarks we choose for working with farms. So all of them are organic. And then I'm really putting a lot of time and effort for for, for the slow food movement and for the network as well. So I know a lot of people about that. I did a lot of internships, as I said. So I know these farms from really being there and working there. And I think as soon as you are in kind of this network and informing yourself about organic farms near nearby you and stuff you just get to know them and you you hear them and you know them from the markets where you do your shopping for at home so I know a lot of people just from the markets and that are different sources to these ingredients from the network from the markets from where I used to work where maybe even one farmer will tell me oh I know someone uh, he's got really really good cattle or he got the best potatoes in northern germany and i uh, give him a go we just go there and um, get to know him give him a call we always meet the people that we're working with really really just a few ingredients here we're using where we're not really know who who does it and who's behind it so to meet people in person is one big part of choosing the produce
0: okay so i think the problem um if I may, kind of become philosophical right now. One of the problems in the world today, I think, is that we're so, we have, people have found their own niche and then they stay, stay within their own niche. So people who believe in organic food, they buy organic food and they go the extra mile to purchase organic products, etc. And people who don't, don't. So I think the most interesting thing would be to draw the people who are not yet in this niche into it as well. So. Perhaps from your expertise and from your experience, what could you tell people who perhaps, you know, sort of you're not in this lifestyle yet, how can they easily buy products from local farmers? I mean, without, you know, sort of just going to your restaurant, obviously, I encourage everybody to to, to try out your restaurant, but obviously, you have to sort of incorporate this into your daily life as well, um, in order for it to be uh, sustainable, in order to, for it to be uh, politically carrying, right? So what would you recommend to, I, I love that. I, I, I love being on a walk and discovering someone who sells eggs or milk or anything. But what could you give as advice to people?
1: So uh, first of all, I, I probably have to admit it's not the for me, it wouldn't be the most interesting part to reach those people. It's probably the most exhausting part. <laughs> because yeah, but
0: it's, the, but it's the most important, you know what I mean? Like is, yeah,
1: that's the most important. Yeah. Definitely. Um it is because you couldn't make a change without um yeah. getting all, all these people interested for it. So yeah, that, that as you said, it's always um in this bubble we are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are exactly we're we're saying, yeah, yeah, because
0: exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because we're in a bubble, you know? Yeah. And we sort of we just kind of we encourage each other to believe exactly what we already believe. And I think yeah. that's not the point. But, but you know, in, yeah. in anything, so, I think the point is exchange. <laughs> so.
1: It is, yeah. So that's that's why, um, for example, a lot of people in this bubble worried about, oh, now the, the discounters are selling organic um, food as well from Bioland or they're doing uh, cooperation with biodynamic Demeter. Are we really into this? This is what we are standing for. And of course, we are not standing for making big big companies bigger or making more money. But we're standing for making these brands on these, these organic systems bigger and to make more, more people eat it. So, yeah, what is it? I think one of the basic interests would be to make kind of cooking and cooking ideas, agricultural kind of um, school topic. It should be in school education mm-hmm. there. You, you should have something like cooking classes and garden classes mm-hmm. and maybe um, getting people back to their food and to their daily food again. It would be really great to have from the first grade on maybe just one or two hours a week for the kids how to grow your own veggies, how to make simple meals and where does it come from, even especially for kids in the cities. So you basically think have to start there. And as soon as you have really a lot of people from the beginning into good food, that would make a big difference. And as well, I think um, politics could be way more active in supporting organic agricultural systems. I think that's two key parts, a little bit more politics and a little bit more education for, for everyone. At least of, of course, kids, but for everyone else as well would be great.
0: And I think with what you're saying, with learning how to cook, I mean, this 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 idea of using every part of the animal uh, is so important to for me. I I grew up with my mother. Uh, killing the chicken herself yeah. uh, which you know nowadays if you say that people say oh my god it's so disgusting it's uh, how could you and well yeah exactly different if you're what's the difference if you're killing the animal yourself or if you're buying it uh, slaughtered i mean it's
1: uh, yeah. oh that's a huge difference actually because um
0: well yeah okay
1: really uh, what is enfremdet
0: uh, you're you're estranged, you're removed from the experience if you're yeah,
1: yeah you 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 remove the the meal from the source. so if you go to to a supermarket and buy chicken breast filly, there's nothing you hardly get an idea how the chicken looked like before if mm-hmm. it was slaughtered, how the chicken looked after it was slaughtered. you just have this part of protein lying in its own juices in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure a lot of people couldn't even draw you a chicken or <laughs> show you at a living chicken where the this part is located they are eating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really, really strange because it doesn't look like animal anymore. It's mm-hmm. just like a tiny, really nice-looking farm on the <laughs> on the package. And then it's this small part of meat in it but you wouldn't you don't see that it basically was a living animal there are no offals in it there are no feet in it there's no head in it it's no feathers or whatever yeah doesn't look like animal anymore and i think if more people would really see the source and living animals before and how it's processed i think there would be way more bigger awareness for eating meat and to yeah to to really enjoy it if you decide to do it and i'm honest if i process like for example a whole lamb or a whole a whole pig or a couple of chickens i don't feel like i want to eat a lot of meat in the next day it's yeah you know it's you you really get to think about it mm-hmm. and yeah it, it, it does something to you
0: well, I mean, I'll I, I tell you, I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, uh, but I, we consume very little uh, meat. And I think it, I think for me, and this is just my own conviction, but it, it's very important for me that, that I know where the animal comes from. And, and like I said, you know, I grew up with my mother killing the chicken herself and using the feet and to make a soup and using the blood um, to, she fried up the blood, she using the feathers, using the skin uh, in, a, in a different stew, using the bones, you know, she stripped the every single part of the chicken and honored it and used it and valued it. Yeah. And, and so, so I think for me, if animals are treated well, and used in this way, I have no problem with consuming meat in small quantities. But that's just, again, my own conviction.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it is. But uh, for me it's always kind of um, it's never um, um, it's, ne- it, it's a dynamic process so I always think about it about the ethical problem mm-hmm. about ethical issue and I'm, I'm, it's like I'm never done with it so I never say oh, I meet and that's it that's uh, that the way it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me it's always I always think about it and I always think is it right? Can I do it? What is uh, what are the circumstances? How could how should they be? for me eating meat is it necessary isn't it and yeah so so far as i thought about it uh, i i see it the same way as as you do and especially the meat i consume and the it, it comes from really small scale farms and that It, it comes from, it grew up there with a, with a task on the farm. It's not that it comes from a farm where uh, 2,000 or 3,000 chickens grew up just to grow up as a chicken. It comes from a farm where the pig is fed all the, all the leftovers. It comes where the cows build up really good soils and they got a task in the whole system. They are good for something in this whole agricultural system. It's not like this in uh, this mass systems where just like thousands of animals grew up fed with the really cheapest things you can get. They they took place there for a reason.
0: Absolutely. Let me just ask you two quick follow-up questions, and then we'll get back to the restaurant, which is what what interests us, and I think the listeners as well the most. What do you think about people who you know this has been a political problem or political question? People who take long drives to go to the organic farm, you know, to get the organic eggs or, or milk. And they, of course, are taking these long drives using cars, polluting the, the environment. What do you think about that? Or, for example, um, we always get a bio kista, you know, with vegetables, an yeah. organic vegetable box that is delivered. And one of the things that bothered me was I, I found that the organic ginger that I was buying was from China. And I thought, ah, Hmm. No, I don't want it to come from China. So, what do you think about this as well? You know, sort of going the extra mile to to have organic products, but then it means well you're getting it not from the region.
1: Okay, so for the first question, I think it's it's not a black or white question. So then, when are people really enjoying it um, and and taking a ride for a good organic food? So they took it for a passion. So I could I could assume those people are probably. Taking care of environment in other ways even more, and I think it's it's okay. And I think if you have to take a ride for it, and not living in city, but you want to really have good organic food, then go for it. Why why to the supermarket? Because it's it's not that long ride. Come on, Ho- hopefully we have got um electronic cars or something that that are good for environment in a few years. And there you go. <laughs> and that's hopefully a solved problem. So I can see kind of problem there, but yeah, come on. I think, I think that's, that's all right. And Biokist is, that's a kind of good system because one is, is delivering with one car. He's delivering a lot of people in the city. So kind of good system when the ginger came, come from China. Yeah. I, I thought about this one as well a lot because I love, I really love using ginger and it always come from overseas and just, just started some a couple of german organic farms growing it now yeah a little bit like the like the meat question it's still it's a dynamic process always think about this but in the end i i decide for myself to not use it in in like enormous amounts so we we use vanilla we use pepper we use ginger and we also use lemon from time to time but we decide for us to use it really wise. So when we've got a um, lemon, we've got, a, we, we pickle them to get a lot of flavor out of them. Or the vanilla we do, um, we cook the them a lot. What is it? Pot? Is it a vanilla pot?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So we used to cook them two or three times to get the flavor out. And after this, we dry it and make, make a powder of it with sugar. So we really use it wise and we're not, using enormous amounts but yeah it's it comes from the outside of the world it's still kind of an issue but but it
0: is maybe 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 that's i don't know again maybe this this thing about compromising you know what i mean This this thing of like sort of uh letting different ideas come into it and i think yeah, like you said, it's not black and white, it's not this or that. It's just yeah. being conscious yeah. of things, trying to reduce where you can and we should also still exactly. enjoy our luxuries, the luxuries of yeah. our civilized societies and yeah. the, the com- commodities that come with it as well to a certain
1: Be, Yeah, I think just like really being aware of it and the fact that you think of, about it makes you perhaps make it use less or make it really honor it and make it really special for you because like if we think about this further and where would you end like living up in a cave and <laughs> it's it's kind of funny but if you if you do it like that what what would you be able to to wear what would you be able to brush your teeth in the morning i mean it it yeah mm. you have to make you have to make compromises at some point because mm.
0: yeah well no, no i i I, I think we're very much on the same wavelength.
1: On this. Yeah, because Hopefully- but, but, but always I, I, for me, it's just always think about it. And if I got it, for example, if I buy a T-shirt or a pants, I know it's probably. Um, but okay, clothes are really now nowadays really good made here in Germany and and Europe and organic. But that's the best, That's not the best example, but anything else you 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 get from overseas and just just use it until the end and repair it and go to your uh, what is it schneider your tailor yeah go to the tailor or the shoemaker and make it make it good again repair it it's just about this so think about it doing the compromise and but then honor it and be aware that that you don't throw it out uh, or, or just use it like i don't know smarties (laughs)
0: <laughs> no i love that i love that I, I love this idea of mending things and you know repairing things
1: and it is i for example I, I wear the same the same pullover for like in the winter for 10 years it's like cement pullover out of <laughs> uh, out of wool they I, I wear them for 10 years and you can you can be sure in the lately in october i put on this one of these two pullovers and you will see me in one of these pullovers for four or five months and this <laughs> the last 10 years and it's with my winter boots as well and if (laughs) if they are they got in damage i go to the shoemaker and that's it i really i hate nothing more than buying clothes or cell phones or stuff just use it up use it up until it's really not good anymore
0: that's 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 a great that's a great statement as well so let me come back to one more thing i think you you use the term slow food tell me what that is exactly
1: yeah, so, slow food known for like sustainable food for really, um, it's a term for, for sustainable food and enjoying food and wine and good food. But originally, it's, it's, it's a kind of a movement in Germany it, or in Europe. Um, fine, is, it's a
0: club or a, an association, yeah,
1: yeah. Association, it's more, yeah. A club sounds good pretty exclusive it's an association and so um, started in italy as as a movement for 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 good um, food that that just needs time to grow and it was like the movement against fast food that is how it's founded and nowadays it's an association that stands up for small-scale farmers for sustainable food system for true food and for for food to enjoy yeah it's a it's a movement growing constantly in europe and doing a lot of political work as well and doing a lot of, of work for for young people as well i took their place in like i don't know 10 yeah 10 years ago and as soon as you are in the association you pay a little amount in the year and they can work with it and you get uh, like magazines every two months and they are pretty interesting about this one is then then all about germany sustainable good food and where are the farmers and um they are making positions okay um, gmo foods we stand on this position and the new common uh, agriculture of uh, the eu we stand here so they do a lot of political work as well and i took place in the first slow food youth academy in, in germany that was um, in 2017, and it was also a kind of education for us. In, like During eight months, we met each other with 25 people from all over Germany, somewhere in Germany, um, for a whole weekend and had different topics to talk about. We were then visiting farms and getting into the network and really, really had good input for what is good food about, what, what is needed for good food. And what is bad food nowadays? It's, it's a really good network for me just to get in touch with people driven by the same passion and also to, to get to know new people. Yeah, I really love um, spreading the idea of it. And I think it's also kind of instrument to, to get people passionate for food.
0: Mm. I mean, whoever said food was supposed to be fast...
1: <laughs> Sorry?
0: Whoever said food is supposed to be fat? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know yeah, what I mean?
1: exactly. It's like, exactly. It's
0: like one of the most fundamental uh, elements of our life is, you know, uh, providing ourselves with nourishment. I mean, you know, what else do we need? Food and shelter. So, whoever said that we're not supposed to spend a lot of time with, yeah, you know, exactly. with our nourishment? I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think a lot of people and investors <laughs> that want a lot and a lot of money said it. When building up a food industry, that that make food pretty anonymous and cheap.
0: <laughs> so, uh, what other follow up question? Do you guys have your own garden? Do you raise any animals? You don't.
1: We have our own garden. So, um, from the beginning on, we I opened the restaurant in 2018. We always had a little piece of land where we're growing up our own veggies. That just for us, had a kind of um, schooling idea mm-hmm. just to get to know the vegetables the soil
0: so i'm imagining herbs and radishes and tomatoes and cucumber yeah yeah yeah
1: exactly right? all, so basics, all the basics all the basics, yeah. all the basics ingredients yeah always was always like a really really small part we in the first year when we had really lot to do and um i mean opening up a restaurant is pretty pretty lot of work so um <laughs> But we did this garden as well and um, it was only like i think 50 square meters but growing up to 30 vegetables and the next years it was 100 and last year we did 150 what sounds not that big but we, I mean,
0: you can grow a lot in 100
1: yeah <laughs> 150 square meters last year we grew such a lot of vegetables you wouldn't imagine it's like yeah we harvest it every week boxes full of vegetables and it's for my chefs and for my apprentices, it's just a really, really good experience to get into the soil and to get to know the vegetables, what is need to be done for a cabbage, what is need to be done for a tomato, and why doesn't the fennel work this year? And all done with without any herbicides or pesticides, it's just us a few seeds and, and the soil. And yeah. I, I think it's different in different ways it's really really good it's um, relaxing for us to get there it's a really really nice experience to bring your own vegetables to the kitchen and to serve some later and you, you really get to know it. okay what, what needs to be done to, to be that there are vegetables in my kitchen in the end and why should I really really honor it and how do the vegetables look like if they're really fresh harvested how are they how, how do they taste like
0: well, I tell you, I mean, my parents, that's another one. They're avid gardeners and they have green beans and red onions and uh, peppers and cucumbers and everything in their little garden as well. So. I've always tried. I'm not a good gardener, but every, I, you know, I, I try every year with the plants we plant, you know, one thing that I will not plant ever again. I I really, I, I'm, 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 I'm I'm waging a war on carrots. Um, we've tried planting (laughs) carrots so many times. that We're doing something wrong. They never grow. I mean, nothing, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Sometimes it's just the way it is, but, um, but you other know,
0: things you know zucchini's and even we've even had a squash and I mean uh, oh it's
1: yeah nice right. great or yeah,
0: tomatoes that's... oh cucumbers wow it's awesome i mean
1: yeah it is and it, it makes you aware of can't have everything always so it makes you aware of oh look the tomatoes are not working at all this year so we harvest from maybe 30 or 40 plants we harvest 2 kilos and Mm-hmm. One year later, you harvest ten kilo from one plant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just be aware of it's not always the way you expect it or you plan it. So, mm-hmm. and funny thing is, if you don't earn, uh, if you don't harvest it, or if you don't eat it, someone else had it. So, mm-hmm. it's okay, kind of way because mm-hmm. that that's the nature.
0: Mm-hmm. So would you mind, I know you're really involved with the Urban Gardening Project. Would you mind saying just that at this point a little bit about that? I mean, maybe just one or two more things real quick.
1: About the urban garden? hmm Oh, yeah, that's, that's another thing we um, do right at the restaurant. I always uh, fell in love with urban gardens all over the cities. I think it's, I, d- I don't know, it's kind of magical. I just love it. Going somewhere in the city and then pow in the middle of nowhere like 15 herbs growing in 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 kind of kind of a I don't know wooden wooden box or whatever I really just love it and it makes you stop and it makes you smile and it makes you think about it it makes you touch it and smell it and yeah it's probably a place to meet you meet people and you it's kind of you really get into a a small break that's how it is for me and I always can see it when people passing by our um, garden. So we try all over the around the restaurant to plant a lot of herbs, some chili plants, maybe even fennels, stuff like this. Really easy uh, things that are really easy to handle, but looks nice and could be harvested all the time. So, so this,
0: this has nothing to do with the restaurant. This you're just doing kind of for the community, sort of, to... to...
1: We use it in the restaurant, but um, I think it's also a community thing because everyone can see it, everyone can use it. If mm-hmm. you f- feel like uh, you want to harvest some of our parsley or basil, go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always when people passing by asking me, oh, aren't you worried about people just stealing it? I say, no, I don't care because if they feel the need for fresh herbs what else can i ask for go for okay. the fresh herbs <laughs> awesome
0: awesome yeah because
1: because uh, and and it's it's nice you get get in touch with the people sure you, you you can communicate with them and oh that looks nice that looks nice and look here the flowers and here look the herbs oh it's so nice and always like kindergarten groups passing by and and it's, it's, it's just lovely i love it that's-
0: you know, I just wrote a, a little book. It's called "We Fade to Green," and I just published it. And uh, it's all about how the answer is, you know, <laughs> growing your own vegetables.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's really it's all about it's it's kind of a little fairy tale. It's for kids, but it's. Uh, <laughs> it's...
1: Oh yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it makes it makes you it makes a connection to to oh, your food. Sure. A... Um, everyone that tastes self-grown food will be. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know, we'll be in heaven, because it's like, you're really proud of the work. And it's always when people start baking their own bread, and they ask me, oh, well, this recipe, how does it work? you think it's going to work? What I have to do? I always tell them, go for it as it's described, look at this, be, be aware of this, but no matter what, it will taste like one of the best breads ever, because you bake it on your own, so... <laughs>
0: Uh, Our our smallest daughter decided to plant radishes. That was her vegetable of choice last year. And uh, she planted her little radishes. And so, you know, she would, they they would grow and she was really proud of them. And she would just take out these little, you know, they were, they were small. They were good. They were delicious. Absolutely delicious. But they were tiny. And she would take these tiny uh, radishes and she would like take two or three and go over to the neighbors and say, I grew these for you. And you know, sort of, that is what she, would, <laughs> yeah. what she would sacrifice, you know, three or four of her radishes for us, for the meal. And, you know, we all had to kind of close our eyes and put a little bit of salt <laughs> on it and sort of, oh, this was a, an amazing radish. And so, and it's, and it, but it's true. You know, you sort of absolutely enjoy it with all of your senses and, 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 and your heart, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, sure okay so let's go to the to the restaurant experience what can people expect when they come dine at your restaurant walk us through the experience i know for example also that you have handmade furniture and that the dishes are also pottered uh, locally etc but sort of try to lead us through a, a virtual tour
1: <laughs> yeah a restaurant experience or oh, um Wolfsjung is always connected to really good organic handmade food where we do everything on our own. If you visit us for, for, for lunch, we've got kind of, um, we call it in Germany, we say Handfest. It's like comfort food. Probably would call it comfort food. Um, we do a lot of classics, rose and uh, handmade pasta, and we do ragu bolognese with it. And we do our homemade sausages or it's black pudding. Always a good soup. You get our homemade sourdough bread in the beginning. And for lunchtime, you can choose, um, you usually choose two or three courses out of a menu with seven dishes. Always uh, vegetarian um, opportunities available. So it's a little bit more, we call it basic or or easier to get in and for, for your lunch break, come there, have a good glass of wine you get our sourdough breads usually i'm at the head chef i i go there out for for the bread or for the starters get in touch with the people just just having a chat and then you get really good comfort food with with, with this extra touch with this extra spin where where the secret is just we do everything on our own we do it organic we do it really delicious and we do it with passion so yeah it's kind of really good layback possibility to to have a lunch break, to enjoy your, your day off, even in the lunchtime. If you visit us in the evening, it's kind of a maybe a little bit more special or fancy. So we used to work with set menus in the evening. So you decide uh, if you want to eat vegetarian or if you want to eat a meal-containing fish um, or meat uh, menu and yeah, if as soon as you have decided this, you, you just have to say, okay, five or seven courses and we take over. So it's a little bit more creative. We, we, we um, do smaller portions, but compromise, uh, and not, not compromise, um, we with intensive flavors. And yeah, it's, it's more and more, um, more kind of a fine dining experience, but still, still with this. Um, this really good handmade food. So that's how it, how it is in the evening. Always um, combining our menus in the lunch as well in the evening with great wines from small wineries. And if you wish to um, do it without alcohol, with our great homemade drinks. It's mainly about really enjoying good food. And we tell a little bit of a story around it. We never preach in this in terrible or annoying way. So, of course, we say, you're here and this is our homemade sourdough bread made from organic flour, but we don't make people feel bad after it. Just, we tell it and we tell the story about it, but it's always in the focus. Just enjoy your evening, have a good time. If you got further questions, we are here and we are happy to give you the answers.
0: Awesome. Okay. Anything else? I mean, you can take a breath. (laughs) It's hard to talk.
1: I think the rest, you just have to make your own experience.
0: (laughs) Your restaurant is inspiring and beautiful. The food and the wines you serve here are exquisite. Any last remarks that you would like to leave the listeners with?
1: Uh, Just get in touch with your, with your food again and talk to the producers, talk to the chefs and, uh, Think about what you're eating.
0: And come to Wolf's.
1: (laughs) Yeah, come to Wolf's, of course, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Sebastian. I wish you continued. Yeah,
1: you're welcome. It was a pleasure.
0: And thank you all for listening. This is Dr. J signing out.